1: Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us.
0: Where you end up in life, at large degree, is being determined by the people that you hang out with. As I've said in this series, the most important thing that uh, I think is, is important to understand and to grasp is that really who you're becoming as a person is the primary thing in terms of the people you will attract. As we've been saying, the birds of feathers flock together, and when you are a certain kind of person, you will attract certain kind of people in your life. So we're talking about improving ourselves, growing ourselves, learning how we can be better friends and better friend material so we attract the right kind of people in life. When it comes to being the right kind of friend, as we've sort of mentioned in the beginning part of this message, as I said, the vignette you saw, it's extremely important that we learn something about boundaries, learning how to honor boundaries, learning how to set boundaries in your life and knowing how to honor the boundaries of others. Extremely important. So let's dive in here together. The first one You need to set boundaries on your relationship behaviors, that key word there is behaviors. Behaviors, as we all know, these are any actions that you take at any time and any place in your life. It is what you do, and we behave in certain ways in our relationships. Your relationships are made up of actions, things that you do, behaviors that are part of you, and you give yourself certain kinds of permission to behave, to behave in certain ways in relationships. You probably relate to, obviously, your spouse differently than you relate to a friend at work, and you relate to friends that are closer to you different than those that are just acquaintances in your life. You have certain behaviors that go along with certain relationships. But unfortunately, I think sometimes we we, we we behave in ways that are not good for a relationship, or we allow people to continue to behave toward us in ways that are not good for a relationship So, because we haven't established good, solid Boundaries. So boundaries are extremely important. Now, the scripture is very clear about setting boundaries on your relationship behaviors. We could take time tonight and go through lots and lots of scriptures. Let me read three of these for you. Again, boundaries on your behaviors, how you treat, how you behave in relationships. First of all, the Bible says in Luke chapter 6, 31, treat others, behave toward others as you would want them to do what? Treat you. That cures a lot of issues in any relationship of life. If you step back and say, okay, wait a minute, before I behave in this way toward this person, what I want them treating me this way in terms of a behavior? And this needs to be a filter. These are all filters in your life. That actually you, you, you sort of have to build into your life intentionally to begin with. And then over time it becomes part of who you are. But you have to stop sometimes and say before you're starting to engage with a person in a certain manner. You have to stop and say would I want them to treat me this way. And so it's a filter for your life. Notice if you will, Colossians chapter 3 verse 8. But now you... The responsibility placed on each one of us. You must also rid yourselves. That is, get rid of, take it out of your life of all such things as these. Notice that these are oftentimes manifestations of behavior, anger, rage. Malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Here the Apostle Paul says, in your relationships, because all of these things relate to people. Anger toward people, rage toward people. Malice is an attitude of of, of a desire to hurt or harm another person. It affects the behaviors of your life. Slander has to do with your language. Filthy language, obviously it's very, uh, very explanatory in its own statement. These things need to be removed from your life because it is a boundary that you put on you. At this point, it's not a boundary being placed on someone else. It's a boundary that you are putting on your own life. Proverbs 25 verse 17 says this, don't wear out your welcome by staying too long at the home of your friends. Or they may get fed up with you, always having you there and wish you hadn't come. That's a boundary that is on your seat. It's invading a person's life. And if you overly invade people's lives, the old saying is you do wear out your welcome. And so it's, these are all biblical principles. But in our world today, we've lost some of the awareness of how we are to behave toward God one another. And so anytime you're in any situation with any person that you have a relationship with or attempting to build a relationship with, you stop and say, wait a minute, I need to make sure that my behavior is properly boundaried given what this relationship is. I need to put some boundaries on the behaviors of my life. No one else will do that for you. You're responsible for putting boundaries. I'm responsible for putting boundaries on behavior, how I behave toward people around me. The second thing that we want to talk about tonight is you need to set boundaries on your personal emotions. There's the key word there. Now, by the way, you'll notice as I go through tonight, I'm not talking about other people in your life. I'm talking about you and me. Because real boundaries are not really about what other people do. We'll get a little bit into that tonight. But it's more about what you do. And so we're talking about setting these kind of boundaries for your emotions yourself. Because your, your emotions are your responsibility. I think a lot of times... We have a tendency when we're feeling something to want to place that blame on someone else. You make me feel is a statement that we will often use. You made me angry. You made me sad. You made me fill in the blank. But what that's doing, it's passing on responsibility to someone else that you need to own in your life and put some boundaries on what you feel. You and I, we are responsible for managing our own, what is the key word here? emotions. We're responsible for this in our lives. And you have to choose what you will let your emotions do to you or what you will refuse to let them do to you. Your emotions can cause you to do a lot of things in life. You don't need to raise your hand on this one tonight as I ask you this question But how many of you have done some things along the way or said some things along the way or reacted along the way to someone on the basis of an emotion that came up inside of you that you later regretted? can get you into all kinds of trouble. Your emotions can move you in directions that are very damaging and ultimately can be damning to your life if you're not very careful. And so you've got to say, I'm going to allow these emotions, so I'm going to give these emotions some boundaries. There's certain things I will not allow these boundaries to cause me to do. Let me give you four of these areas that I think are the most common. We could talk about lots of them, but let me give you four of these areas where I think it's most Common. Number one, you have to take responsibility for processing your what? Your anger. Whose anger? Your anger. You can't control somebody else's anger, okay? You can't control what somebody else is going to feel, what somebody else is going to their emotions, but you can control your anger. And the Bible is very clear about our responsibility that when we feel angry, and by the way, everybody feels angry sometimes. There are times in your life that you're going, it's just a human emotion. And you probably have already felt that today at some point in time about something. If it's a car that's going slow in front of you, or if it's whatever the case might be, you have a moment where you feel an irritation, you feel a frustration, you feel an anger. And so I think it's extremely valuable to understand that even as Christians we feel these emotions, there's nothing wrong with feeling the emotion of anger, it's not feeling it that's wrong, it's what you do with it that can become a problem in your life. And that's why the Bible says, in your, in your what? It's acknowledging that sometimes you're going to feel angry, okay, that's reality. But in your anger, that is when that anger comes into your world, when it gets inside of you, the emotion is there. What does the next statement say? Do not what? Do not sin. So there's the responsibility. Everybody's going to feel this at times. You're going to feel that moment, that surge of energy and frustration over whatever may be happening at a moment that's frustrating your life, as a goal that's being blocked for you, or some other thing that might be creating some aspect of anger in your life. The Bible says, in your anger, do not, do not what? Sin. Don't let it cause you to react in a way that's going to be hurtful to your relationship with God and hurtful in your interactions with others. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. This is a verse or two verses that we could talk about in great length this weekend, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to touch on certain aspects of this. Don't let the sun go down. Don't let the anger sit inside of you. I have learned this and continue to learn this in my own life and experience it both positively and negatively. I've had both experiences, and we all have. If you let that stuff stay inside of you, if you let anger, anger builds. Have you noticed that? Because when you have anger inside of you, you begin to think about, like, I'm angry about this. and. Oh, yeah, and what about that? And yeah, well, that too. And before long, this this little thing inside of you has now gotten really huge and really, really big. And that's why the Bible Bible says, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. It's it's not necessarily, I don't necessarily believe it's referring to a 24-hour period, but it's referring to the idea of deal with it as quickly as you possibly can. Get rid of this. Get this thing out of your system, because if you hold on to it, what are you doing? in your life. You are giving the devil a foothold. You know, there's a lot of people who are in a lot of trouble with their life right now, and it all started with anger. It all started with a seed of anger inside of them, and that little seed of anger led to something else, which led to something else, which opened the door for the adversary in their life. And when it says the devil here, the Apostle, Paul is, the Apostle Paul is talking about the literal demonic elements of life. I'm not saying, nor is Paul saying here, that you're going to become demon-possessed. But I will tell you what, there will be a lot of hell that gets inside of you if you hold on to anger. Amen? So we manage our emotions. We process our anger. What else do we need to do? We need to deal with our hurts and our disappointments. These are the, the biggies, that I'm calling them, all right? These are boundaries, your boundaries. I get angry. Boundary is, okay, wait a minute. Before this affects me any further, I'm going to deal with it. I've been hurt. I've been disappointed. Everybody here has experienced hurt and disappointment in your life. You will continue to experience it throughout your life. A hurt is someone says something, someone does something, it offends you. It hurts your feelings inside. You feel the sting on the inside. You may or may not have anger associated with it. Sometimes it's just a hurt or a pain in your heart. We talk about our hearts being broken. Our heart's being bruised. It can happen that way. And oftentimes it is associated with a disappointment. A disappointment is always associated with an expectation. You expected something and that didn't happen the way you expected it to happen. You were hoping for something to transpire and it didn't transpire or didn't transpire the way you hoped it would transpire. And so what did you feel? You felt disappointed, hurt and disappointed. Now, let me ask you a question. If you hold on to hurt inside of you, again, we're talking about boundaries, and you hold on to disappointments inside of you, what will be the end result of an unresolved, unprocessed hurt or disappointment in you? It's going to continue to work on you, okay? It will continue, in fact... This is not, and don't take this the wrong way, because this is not the only cause of what I'm about to describe here, but it is one of the causes of something called depression. Okay? There are lots of different causes of depression, and there are different levels of depression that we experience in life, but some levels of depression can, can, go, very, can go back to the fact that we haven't dealt with a hurt or dealt with a disappointment. It can also lead to addictions. Addictions are substances that you put or you utilize, it may not even necessarily be a substance, but something you do to try to numb the pain at some level in your life, that you're trying to get this thing out of me, and deal, you, some, in some ways it can be related to food, or drugs, or alcohol, or or even people, you can, you can be addict, addicted to certain kind of uh, people in your life in a negative way to try to deal with hurts and disappointments. So It's extremely important that we understand what the Scripture says about this, see to it that no one... One falls short of the grace of God, and that no bitter root. Here it's describing that hurt and disappointment turning into a bitter root, and it grows up to cause what? Cause trouble and defile many. I will tell you, there's a lot of people who've gotten again themselves into great trouble because they haven't dealt with their hurts and disappointments. And not only does it trouble them, but it spread from them because if you're hurt, hurt people, hurt people. Okay. Hurt people hurt people. And so if you have hurt in you, you hurt other people around you. The third one that is extremely important emotionally in terms of boundaries, refusing to blame others. I'm going to refuse to blame others for my issues. Boy, this is a big one, isn't it? I think the important thing with this, number of important things here, but first of all is to acknowledge you have issues. That's where it starts because a lot for a lot of people that's not they, they can't even start there. They can't start with the basic fact that they have issues. What they want to do is think, no, everybody else has issues. I don't have issues. The reality is every one of us have issues. Why? Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's not a single perfect person in this room or a perfect person watching this this message this weekend. All of us have issues in our life that are our issues, that they're things that God wants to help us deal with and grow in in our lives. But we have to own them as long as we're projecting blame onto someone else. It's never going to do us any good. The next one that I want to talk about for a few moments is resisting the urge to resent and retaliate against others. That's the idea of now that I've been hurt, now I've moved beyond just I'm hurt and disappointed, I'm angry, but now I'm going to get into the mode of paying somebody back for what they've done to me. Very, very subtle. You can pay people back aggressively. It can be a very aggressive thing, or you can pay people back passive aggressively. You understand what that is? Passive aggressively is that I'm going to pay you back and I'm going to pay you back either by hurting you aggressively the way you've hurt me. You said something that hurt my feelings. I'm going to say something back to you that's going to hurt you the way you hurt me. Or passive aggression is I'm just going to step out of your, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the silent treatment. You know, the silent treatment oftentimes is still payback. I'm going to pay you back by just stepping out of your world making you pay by not being a part of your world anymore. And so there's this resisting the urge to resent and retaliate, whether it be aggressively or passive aggressively, as we try to hurt somebody else because of the hurt they've caused us. It's only going to create damage for you. Do not repay anyone. Romans 12, 17 through 19. Do not, do not do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone, if it is possible, as far as it depends on them. No, as far as it depends on you. Live at peace with everyone. It continues here, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Let me give you a little side note here just for a moment. If someone has mistreated you and hurt you and damaged you in some way, you take it to God, you pray about it, you refuse to retaliate. Understand this, God knows how to make it right. God knows how to put it right. You have to trust him that he'll work it out so that you're not taking revenge in your own life. Notice Proverbs, uh, excuse me, Romans twelve twenty one uh, was, uh, do, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's go to the next one here. Number three, set boundaries on how you define your personal worth. Let me review some things for you. here. Everybody still with me so far this weekend? You ready? Okay. Boundaries, 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 boundaries. Okay. This is extremely important because every person here, you define your worth in certain ways. How do you know that you're, you have value? How do you know that you have, a value, have value as a person? And the, we talked about this a few weekends ago. Let me go back to them again. First of all, many people define their worth on their accomplishments. So if I do certain things, well, then I'm worth something. Some people base their worth on acceptance by other people. If the right people accept me, then I must be okay because I'm in the right group. And this goes all the way back to to, to, to childhood and school. And when you're in high school, all the peer pressure that you have and you, Am I in the in group or I'm not in the in group? Uh, we we build our sense of acceptance on, on, on what our value on the basis of who accepts us or who rejects us. Another aspect of this is what I have accumulated. If I have the right stuff, okay, as long as I have the right stuff, the right possessions, then I can validate myself on the basis I must be valuable because of what I have. So these are the three primary ways that people validate their personal worth. None of these three are stable. Can I say that again? There's not a single one of these three that will form a solid rock foundation for you in terms of you feeling worth something. Because at some point in time, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, somebody's going to out you. You've accomplished something, but somebody comes along and they're better than you were at something and they're gonna do better, and so now suddenly my worth is up for grabs because somebody's done something better than me. At some point in time, everybody in this room and everybody watching online, the people that you want to accept you are going to reject you. Not everybody's going to like you, and people that like you today, they may not like you tomorrow. Ask Jesus. On Palm Sunday, he comes riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. And everybody's, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Everybody's celebrating him on Sunday morning or Sunday when he comes in. But by Friday, the same group of people were crying, crucify him, crucify him. So you have to understand that there's an instability to your accomplishments, an instability to your acceptance. There's an instability to what you accumulate. You know that what you accumulate can go very quickly, and even if you accumulate lots of things, there will always be someone else that will accumulate more than you, and so if you're basing your worth on that, those kinds of things are very, very shallow, and they're very temporal, and they're very shaky. They will not give you a solid foundation for your life, and I'll tell you why this is important. Why am I talking about this in terms of boundaries? Because if these three things are, gu- are guiding how you feel about you, you're an open, you, 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 your boundaries can get invaded all day long, okay? Because people will invade you by either pumping you up based upon your accomplishments or tearing you down based on your accomplishments and whatever they're saying about your accomplishments, your emotions will go up and down based upon that. or. Whoever accepts you, if you're not uh, feel, being accepted by the right group one day, your emotions are going hit to the, hit the tank and the right people accept you, your emotions will go up. You've just opened your, your boundaries, are wide open and all these things contribute to a very volatile life, a very volatile sense of emotion. And so you need something, a boundary in your life that says I am only going to define myself by this one thing. And how I'm going to define myself is not defining myself on the basis of what I do or on the basis of who accepts me or doesn't or on the basis of how I accumulate certain things in life. No, I'm going to base my sense of personal worth on one thing and one thing only, my relationship with God. There's nothing more important to me than that. I want a relationship with God. And as long as I know that I'm in right relationship with God, I don't have to worry about this. And I don't have to worry about this. And I don't have to worry about this Instead, in terms of coming from people. Because I know that I've now set a boundary. This is not going to define me. This is not going to define me. And this is not going to define me. No, God is going to define me. Okay. My relationship with God is going to define who I am. And so when you become healthy in your identity, it helps you to have healthy relationships because healthy people produce healthy relationships.
1: Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you, you need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the Teaching Ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing.